So I've been preaching on Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 9. And so we're at Matthew 9. We're going to read 35 through 38 just to kind of give a little bit of context to uh, our main scripture context, which will be um, verses 37 and 38. So let's read Matthew 9, 35 and 38, through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What did Jesus instruct his disciples to do for those on whom he had had compassion? What's his instruction to the disciples? Pray. To pray. To pray for them. Jesus commanded us to pray that there would be workers to bring in the harvest. And by association, he has called us to pray for harvest. On December 21st, my wife Karen and I had a date night. And right behind us here, I mean literally right behind us, if you cross the street, I think it's the first door on the left, there's a place called Whimsy Paint and Sip. And so we went there and paint and sip because you can paint, and then you can have a glass of wine and sip wine or a Coca-Cola or whatever they got. And so Karen and I went, and they have this theme. You can paint a theme. you know. So they had this cardinal against a blue background and with a tree and God bless them. It was it was a really cheesy theme. And I turned to Kara. I'm like, there's no way I'm painting that. She's like, why not? You have to. I'm like, I do not have to. I paid money to come here and paint. I'm going to paint whatever I want. She's like, you have to paint it. So I get up and I'm like, do we have to paint this? She goes, oh, no, you, can, you paid money. You can paint whatever you want. I turned. I'm like, <laughs> see? So, so uh, and I thought nothing in our house is blue and red and white. So I'm going to paint something. And I know what our color scheme is. And so, um, my uh, degree in college was commercial arts, so I hadn't painted since college. I graduated in 94 and hadn't painted since then. And so I said, well, I'm going to paint something that matches our house. She's like, what are you going to paint? And I'm like, painting a moose. And I'm going to paint a moose. She's like, why, why are you painting a moose? I'm like, I don't know. Why wouldn't? If anyone had a choice, you know, why? of course you're going to paint a moose. So I'm going to paint a moose and a silhouette of a moose. I just thought it sounded really cool and it would match our color scheme. So I start painting. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm praying in the Spirit. And then I said, um, Lord, what do you want me to paint? I, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna paint a moose. Unless I hear from you, I'm painting a moose. And I'm doing these wide strokes. And one of the strokes I did, the Lord immediately showed me this, this stalk of wheat. or it, it was this wheat, and he brought this verse to my heart. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send workers into his harvest field. So I immediately add other colors, and I'm like, I know what I'm painting. And I just continue just praying in the Spirit. And this, this is that painting. This is what I ended up painting. And uh, when we got home, Kara hung uh, this painting uh, coming down our stairwell. So that every time I walk past it, coming downstairs, uh, 
um, I touch it. So it hangs like about this high. And you know, I'm a big football fan, and so like different programs have like, play like a champion today. And every time you walk by, you hit the sign, play like a champion today. So every time I walk past this, you know, I hit this. And I say, oh, Lord of the harvest, send workers into your harvest field. And so since December 21st, this is what I have wanted to preach. This is what the Lord has put on my heart. And I love the fact that he didn't let me come straight to this, that he let us go through the whole chapter of Matthew 9. Isn't Matthew 9 awesome? Isn't it just, a, just rich and just packed? But since that time, I've been praying this prayer. You know, I, Karen and I recently re- redid the, uh, the church um, directory. And we started looking at people since December 1st that he has added to our church. And it's, it's something like six or seven family units or individuals. Actually, it might be more. I'm probably selling it short. And then we started looking at those people he's added. People that are already teaching, already serving, already working. And I want you to know, I bring that up to say God answered our prayer. We prayed a specific prayer and God answered that prayer. He didn't just send attendees. He's sent workers. So uh, my encouragement to all of us, let's keep praying that. Let's keep praying that prayer. We're commanded to pray and ask God to send workers into the harvest. To pray and ask God to send workers into the harvest. Isn't that an interesting prayer? Isn't that an interesting command to to command us to do that? One of the reasons that he has given us this commandment is those that we pray for, we have compassion for. Those that we pray for, He gives us compassion for. And those that he gives us compassion for, conversely, we pray for. We see in this passage in verse 35, 36, that he had compassion on them. That they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed and helpless. So his response is, pray. Pray. God wants us to have compassion for those that are hurting, that are helpless. You know, there's some of you there, and I'd say the majority would be ladies, that you have a natural, instinctive, God-given gift of compassion. It just comes easy to you. You flow in it. But, But that doesn't happen for all of us. But we are all supposed to flow in compassion. If we have the heart of our Father, we have to flow in compassion. Amen? So we pray And he gives us compassion. Jesus has told us to pray to God to send ministers, to send servers, to send workers. When we look in the New Testament, the large majority of the time, that word for ministers and servants is the same word as diakono. It's where we get deacons from. Minister, servant, same word. He's commanded us to pray and ask him to send those people into the field. We'll change of topic. I love pizza. 
I love pizza. Most pizza is fantastic. But of all pizzas that exist in this world, one stands head and shoulders above all else. And that is Lou Malnati's. Lou Malnati's in Chicago. That is Lou Malnati's. See that goofy looking guy? Uh, Looks like Newman up there on the right. (laughs) Newman. That's not Newman. That's Lou Malnati. And that is his delicious pizza. And you find it in Chicago and throughout Illinois. And it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, And I love Lou Malnati's. And that's it. Let's go back to our topic. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So (laughs) I was thinking about Lou's because there's times when you sit down at Lou's, um, after you sit down, it could be another 45 minutes or another hour before you eat. So you walk in. To, let's say you walk into Lose Hungry. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. Lose is awesome. And it's thick. You see that? I mean, it's that thick. And and the sausage, if you order sausage, which you, sh- you should order sausage, um, it's like a layer of sausage, like a, a disc, an orb of sausage that's that thick on the bottom and then cheese and it's phenomenal. So you walk in hungry. You walk in, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. And then you order and then you wait, and you wait, and by the time it comes, you know, it's the most amazing thing ever. But, you know, you're pretty much starving by by the time it comes. But I was thinking about that, you know, and, and using that as an example. Let's say, you know, we're there, we're at Lou's, and we're starving. And 45 minutes later, after we ordered, the, the pizzas come out, and Lou steps out. I don't even know if Lou's alive, but... I love you, Lou. But people come out and they have arms full of pizzas. And let's say he's there going, hey, who? We got a bunch of hungry, starving people. You know, who will help me serve them? Who? I've showed up with what they need. Who will help me deliver it to them? Who will help me serve them? I just need someone to hand it out. What is... Jesus asking in this passage, is that all that he's asking? Is I just need someone to hand it out? I just need someone to distribute it? So pray for someone to do that. Let's read 37 and 38 again. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. That word ask is deomai. And this is what it's translated as. That Greek word is translated as to want, to lack, to desire, to long for, to ask, to beg. That's what that word is translated as. To beg. Once again, we see the need for desperation. We see the need and the desire that God has for us to be a desperate people. Beg to the Lord of the harvest. The only time we beg is when we're desperate. The only time we beg is when we are desperate. We are so in need. That's the word that he chose to use in response to what we're supposed to do and asking him to send workers. Why would Jesus want us to beg him to send workers? We'll we'll get to that in just a moment. Pray to God 
Pray to the one who is in charge of the harvest. Pray for what? For God to send workers. For God to send workers. Not for God to gather workers. Not for the Lord of the harvest to command workers. But for God to commission workers as their calling. And then to send them. There's a difference. There's a difference than just doing it simply because we're commanded to do it. And doing it because it's something that is part of what God has for us. It's part of our destiny. It's part of our purpose. It is our calling. And we've been commissioned, selected, chosen to do it, and called to do it. Where are we to ask God to send workers into? The harvest field, right? So what's the harvest field? We saw it in verse 35. The towns, the villages, the synagogues. Just a few verses earlier, he went throughout the towns, the villages, the synagogues, preaching and healing. Where's the harvest field? Wherever the people are. Wherever the people are. How cool is it that Jesus set the example of what we're supposed to do and then then he calls us to do it. Before he told us, he commanded us. He showed us. Jesus went to where the people are. And that's still his desire today. To go where the people are, right? How's he going to do that? How's he going to go to where the people are? By calling. By commissioning. By sending us to do that. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is overflowing, but the workers are few. What is the harvest? Once again, we don't have to look very far. What's the harvest? The hurting, the hungry, the harassed. We preached on it last week. The hungry, the hurting, the harassed, the helpless. That's the harvest. That's who we're praying for. That's who we're asking the Lord to send workers into. And who are we asking this of? Who is the Lord of the harvest? Who is the one that that we're praying this to? Yeah, this isn't a trick question. That one's pretty easy. That's Jesus. That's you guys are looking all nervous. Like, oh man, no, that's that's Jesus. That's that's an easy one, right? The same one who brings about the harvest. I think it's cool that Jesus would sit there and talk to his disciples and say, "Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers." He's standing right there. It's Jesus saying these words, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. Imagine that. Imagine you're a disciple and you're standing before Jesus and he goes, man, they're helpless. 
They're like sheep without a shepherd. And you see, I believe when Jesus was talking, you saw the compassion. He was moved. He had compassion upon them. And he looks at his disciples in the eye and says, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers. There was a great deal of work to be done and there still is a great deal of work to be done. But here's the good news that comes from Jesus' words. There's a great deal of work to be done, but the likelihood of harvest is imminent. He's saying it is there. Just go gather it in. It is there. Yeah, it's work, but they're ready. It's ready. Just go gather it in. You're, you're guaranteed of success. I've done the work. I'm the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is there. I'm their Lord. Just go gather them in. Just go bring it in. Workers are needed to do it. So Jesus is saying, desperately ask me to send the called into this bountiful, ready to harvest field. And with these words, chapter 9 ends. With these words, chapter 9 ends. Let's go back to our example of pizza, if you will. And let's say in that example, you walked in and you just had a huge meal. So you're not, you're not waiting on that food. You just had a huge, delicious, fulfilling meal. One of many huge, delicious, and fulfilling meals that you've had. You haven't missed a meal in years. And you walk in, and there's Lou holding boxes and boxes of pizza. And behind Lou, there's a dozen other people holding boxes and boxes of pizza. And behind them, dozens more. And let's say the people that are standing out there, it's people that haven't had a meal in days. Maybe they haven't had a meal in weeks. It's children. And it's moms. And it's dads. And it's grandmas. And it's grandpas. And they're starving. And they're absolutely starving. And he's sitting there going, we have all this food. Can someone just take it to them? Can someone just... Feed them. Can someone serve them? I just need someone to serve them. I've done all the work. It's all right here. And you hear their cries. They're like, we're starving. I'm so hungry. And we're in that room too. Remember, we're the one that's full that had the nice meal. We're standing there. And we hear the plea come forth. Would somebody serve them? Would someone serve them? Pray to the one who's done all the work. 
to send workers and we hear their cries and we hear their pleas and we see their hunger and their emptiness. Church, if you and I were in that room in this scenario, I know what our response would be. You know what your response would be, right? Absolutely. Give me, I can carry this many and hey, come on, I need a few hands. You hand out, I'll hold the box. We'd organize on the fly and we would walk around and we would, we would serve, right? And we would do so and there'd be tears in our eyes. Just like there's tears in my eyes right now. We would, we'd, we'd be hurting because they're hurting and we'd be happy because he's, he's feeding and he's providing and we'd be fulfilled and we'd be inspired, right? That's what this scripture says. That's what Matthew 9, 37 and 38 is. He was moved with compassion. He saw them helpless and harassed and hungry. And he's done all the work. He just needs someone to go out there and to pull them in. I need people who will take what I've prepared. And I, and I need people to take it to them. I, I, I need someone to take what I've done and take it to them. Help me care for them. That's what the scripture is, right? Sometimes we don't like to personalize it because then it puts us in a place of how do I respond? And let there be zero doubt this message absolutely requires a response. It absolutely requires a response. We don't hear a message like this and not respond. And chapter 9 ends. Chapter ends. So how does chapter 10 begin? Chapter 9 is over. How does chapter 10 begin? Let's see. The very next verse. He called his 12 disciples to him. And he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He immediately ends by calling them. Remember, not commanding them, but calling them. Commissioning them. The very next verse he says, pray for workers. And then he calls them and commissions them and sends them out. That word called is proskaleo. To call to oneself. To bid. To come to oneself. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are said to call to themselves those preachers of the gospel to whom they have decided to entrust a service in extending the gospel. And friends, 
they have entrusted that service with us. That call has been extended to us. When we are called to Jesus, when we are drawn close to Him, we hear His heart. We feel His heart. We know His heart. When we are called to Him, we know what He wants. We know His heart. How cool is this? Is, this scripture is like poetry. They're lost. They're hurting. Pray to me to send somebody. Pray for me to call somebody. I call you. Come here. Come close. I call you. And that's what he has done. When we have his heart, we have a heart of compassion for the hurting, for the helpless, for the harassed. We're called to pray for those people. We're, we're car, called for our heart to be broken for those who need him. Earlier I asked, why would Jesus want us to beg him to send workers? Why would Jesus want us to beg him? Why would that be needed? When we have Jesus' heart, I told you what we do. When we have his heart, our response is simple. When we have his heart, our response is just but one thing. When he called the disciples unto him and he said, will you do it? They had his heart and their response was but one thing. And it's what Isaiah 6, 8 says. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. That's got to be our response. See, our response is twofold. Our response is we pray for the Lord to send workers because you know what? You and I are not enough. I can't do it on my own. I can't just say, Lord, here am I, send me. And, and that's, that's not quite enough. We see all throughout the word, Moses couldn't carry the burden. Elijah couldn't carry the burden. God always calls team. He always calls team. But we can't sit there and pray and ask God to send others. Our response has to be, Lord, here am I. Send me. Send me. And as we're going, Lord, I'm going, but Lord, send more. Send more. So who are the called? Who are the sent? the ones who have been pulled close and bid to come unto Him. 
You guys, that's what Jesus does every single week. That's what the Holy Spirit points us to the truth of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit does His job well. We are constantly being drawn closer to Jesus. At the end of Matthew 9, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, there are a ton of hurting, hungry people who are ready to be touched by me. But there are not many willing people to bring me, my touch, my healing salvation to those lost but incredibly ready people. Lost and hurting, but oh so ready. And your job isn't to go convince them. Your job is just to embrace them. Your job is just to bring them in. To throw an arm around them. And say, I want you to hear his heart for you. Because I heard it. It's unbelievable. He loves you so much. So I just want you to, I want you to hear his heart for you. Desperately ask me. No. Beg me to call and send you and others into this bountiful, ready-to-save field of people who need to be saved, who need to be fed and led and healed and delivered. And he's not just saying it to his disciples. He's not just saying it in a passage of Scripture. He's saying it to you, and he's saying it to me. not trying to put anybody on the spot, but what's our response? This message demands a response. What is our response? Well, Lord, I'm not called. I'm not qualified. I'm not ready. Lord, I haven't been saved long enough. I, Lord, I'm not worthy. Matthew 9, we saw the calling of Matthew, right? We saw that Jesus looked at this corrupt tax collector, this despised man who would apparently not be able to have any connection with the people because they were despised. And he says, call me and walk beside me as one of my closest companions. Be one of my disciples. Let's go. But Lord, do you know who I am? Yeah, I know who you are. Come on. It's not about how good we are. It's not about how talented we are. It's not about how ready we think we are. It's about when we look out there and we know that there are hurting and hungry and starving people and we haven't missed a stinking meal in years. We've got Jesus. They need Jesus. We have hope. They need hope. We've got the answer. They need an answer. They need the answer. And the answer is not us. The answer is the one that we call Lord and Savior. The one that we call Master. The one that we say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Because my life is not my own. Right? Lord, you know what I'm comfortable with. You know what I'm not comfortable with. Lord, you know what I'm gifted at. You know what I stink at. And Lord, I say, do use me in any of it. Use me in any of it. You know what, if I preach that, me- that message 
A hundred times, I'd cry a hundred times. I'd cry a hundred times. And I've been, I've been thinking about this since December 21st. Oh, every time I got together to study with the Lord, to be with Him, I heard His heart. Man, I so felt His heart for these people. I mean, I cried every, I cried this afternoon. I cried every time I went over this because I knew His, I felt His heart. That's what we're supposed to take. That's what we're supposed to bring.